from yesterday i'm sure you listened yesterday now you're back for more here on the what's right show with sam and ash news talk 840 kxnt happy thursday friends um before we get to all of our regular programming ash let me just say something funny i i have a cousin you know her camille and she's uh you know half czech and half french and she uh is an attorney who works has worked until about a week and a half ago in Moscow. So I finally had a chance to, to talk to her because I saw, I, I knew that she had gotten home, you know, where her, her, her dad lives mm-hmm. in Switzerland. So she finally was able to get to Switzerland about a week ago. Uh, but she was all the way down in Sochi, you know, where the Olympics were, that is next to the Crimean Peninsula, which is next to basically the areas there, the disputed areas that were uh, were the first to get invaded by the Russian army. And she's down there when the war begins. <laughs> so wow. all the flights, the fascinating thing is that that day, all the flights, because of all the bombardments, stopped out of Sochi. And her only means of getting out of Dodge was to take a 24-hour-long train ride from Sochi to Moscow. So I looked it up. Uh, it's it's like 1,200 miles uh, of train, and it, in Moscow, the crazy thing was now this is before the sanctions hit, but in Moscow it was like life was normal. Like nobody cared. Everybody was like, oh yeah, you know whatever. There's some something going on in the Ukraine. We don't care. And it was business as usual. And she could very easily get a flight to Zurich and and, and was able to get out. It was just it's it's just. Um, and that was that was a week and a half ago. So now you're seeing, of course, people trying to get out of the region, and it's uh, the situation's far more dire. They've shut off airspace. And I heard an interesting thing about that, by the way, because there's big development today was that the uh, Aer- Aeroflot, which is the Russian airline, was booted off of the reservation system. I don't know if you saw this, but like you I can't didn't. book the the program that all the different airlines use and that that all the travel agencies you know is a centralized there's a centralized booking system and and they got booted from it and it really doesn't matter at all because like any airline aeroflot has leased planes and they're generally because of tax purposes airplanes are leased out of ireland most airlines have have leasing agreements with uh, uh, companies that are based in ireland tax purposes whatever and and because of the sanctions that rolled out all those leases effectively get terminated. And then the other thing that happens, they, you, the airplanes become uninsurable. And so you cannot fly in international airspace unless you've got a massive amount of insurance. By the way, every, every plane, uh, even small planes, even, even non-commercial airplanes carry at least $500 million worth of, of coverage uh, whenever they fly. You're required to have that if you want to land at any basically any U.S. airport, any international airport. So you have to have, have massive amounts of insurance. Apparently that's that. So that's why now I guess people will, the only way to get out if, you've, if you're there is, is, uh, is to, to take trains because these planes are completely grounded. Wow, fascinating story. Everything's good. She's safe. She's good. They had to close down. Her, it was a multinational law firm, and they just closed their office. They had a big office in Moscow, big presence in Moscow, 
shuttered the whole thing and moved the entire staff to Luxembourg. And her comment, of course, is that Luxembourg, it sounds exotic to us Americans, mm-hmm. you know, we do Luxembourg, it's, you know, but there are a lot of very wealthy people there. It's just boring. You know, she's, what, she's like 10 years younger than me, and she's very, you know, loves the food scene, loves the nightlife Moscow had before all this craziness descended on it, was, you know, had, had spectacular nightlife, had spectacular food, and, you know, was, was all around, a, you know, a fun place to live if you're a person of some means. And um, and that that that, of course, all is is gone. So yesterday uh, there was a big vote in the U.N. Uh, They voted. Let's see. One hundred forty one nations voted in favor of. Of 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 decrying the aggression against the Ukraine, Russia's aggression and and invasion of the Ukraine. There were thirty five abstentions. What a what a weenie thing to to abstain on, you know, so it's funny. I mean, there's China abstained. Of course, of course. Cuba abstained. Uh, But there's some like surprising ones. Like which one? South Africa. South Africa. Hold on. There was one that was on this list. Bangladesh. Burundi. I feel like there's a a joke in there somewhere. The Congo. There were only five countries. There were only Asher, only five countries that voted against. Uh, so what do you th- who do you think those were? I'm going to give you a clue. One of them was Russia. So now we're down to four. The what, DPRK? Yes, the Koreans, the North Koreans, they voted against. They're on the red list. Who else? I mean, do the Russians get a vote? Yeah, I said the Russians, they, they, oh. yeah, they do get okay. a vote, and they voted again. <laughs> <laughs> but I said that's the giveaway. You get that. Oh, okay. I don't um, know. Okay, so we got two. So now we're down to three. It was, you're right about DPRK. Uh, somewhere well, in the Middle East, maybe. Yeah, I think yes, somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Syria. Okay. The Syrians. Then Eritrea. So that don't forget that. But the other one, and this one, I think a lot of people maybe could guess this that are following oh, this. Uh, Belarus. Belarus. Yeah. 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 Uh, the dictator of Belarus, of course, is a, a guy who is cozied up and very close uh, ideologically and politically with Putin, very dependent on Russia. So they are playing a role in this conflict, apparently sending troops and, and armaments and joining in the fight. So there it is. 141 countries yesterday voted to censure Russia for their uh, aggression in the Ukraine, which is literally how they're how they phrased it. What is and censuring? I, I was just going to say, which oh. means basically nothing. <laughs> yes, the, I, Ashley, you're exactly you're doing the little little shame on that, you. Yes, you know, it, it, there literally would be what they ought to do is put a stadium, a T-Mobile stadium full of VGK fans during the playoffs and put the other teams in the penalty box and have all of us yell, shame, shame, shame. (laughs) And that would probably be worse than what just happened to them in the UN. Putin don't care. Now I read an interesting and a fascinating thing. Well, you know, you turned me onto this. You sent me this article this morning about the owner of a of a football team, a soccer team, excuse mm-hmm. me, in 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 England, Roman Abramovich, uh, and and he one thing he's you know, he owns the Chelsea Football Club, storied uh, 
a soccer team. Again, I'm calling it a football club. It's European football. And I would say it's probably one of the more valuable clubs in Absolutely. Europe in the, in, in, in the soccer, you know, in the league. So it's a very, very uh, prominent club. Think of this. My guess is it's worth in the billions of dollars. I think, I think it's you, three you know? billion. I think three it's est- estimated to be about three billion dollars. Well, three billion. Yeah, so it, it, an enormous amount of money. And right as these sanctions were about to hit, he transferred his ownership into a trust or turned over the control of the team to his uh, to his trustees. Uh, he now went on the record to say that he would be selling the Chelsea Football Club and that all proceeds would be going to help the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, this is a particularly interesting thing. And I, I sent you that, that article from my stack here. It was reprinted in uh, MSN.com, a piece dealing with that was, it was actually very critical, I think, of, of sanctions. On some points, I, I agreed with that, it, you know, that sanctions tend to hurt you know, the, the middle class and the poor in a target country and don't really affect the oligarchs. But one point that they made in that article, writers of the article made, was saying that basically the, the inner circle, Putin's inner circle, all these big oligarchs, like this guy that owns Chelsea Football Club, you know, for, for them, the direct quote is, for them, the, the, the sanctions, being sanctioned by the West is a, a badge of, of honor and it, it, it basically is a signal of loyalty uh, to Putin. So it, is, it, is, it can be actually a, a something that they you know, wear with pride. And I, I was, you know, and I, I, but then right as this article comes out, this, I see this development from uh, Roman Abravanich, and I, and I think to myself, this is a really bold statement. I mean, he doesn't just say, I'm divesting myself of this team, of this asset that I own in the West, he's saying, and I'm going to donate the money, the proceeds of this to the country that my, you know, that my former, my ally, Putin, is invading. This is, to me, in today's news and all the nonsense that's out there, this to me is the biggest and most important thing because it signals a significant break between someone who was, was long considered part of uh, Putin's loyal inner circle, one of the 200 or so wealthy oligarchs that you know have, have made a tremendous amount of money, first under Yeltsin and now under Putin, who certainly were loyal for a long time to the Kremlin and, and now are saying, no, I, I don't want this. And, and I'm, I'm taking a, you know, a, frankly, a very, very public stance against Russia and against the Russian president. Do you think that he could be doing this, Abramovich, because he wants potentially power later on? Like he thinks that the PR Putin's getting, if Putin gets ousted, that he could, I don't know, find his way into power and that's what he's doing? I I absolutely think that any one of maybe 10 or 12 of these powerful billionaires, Russian billionaires, could easily become the next president of, of Russia. It's not going to happen overnight. There will be some deputy that if something happens to Putin, you know, gosh forbid, 
uh, somebody else will step in their shoes. There will be a power vacuum, and any one of these uh, one of these guys uh, could could get in. And one of the selling points, I think you're absolutely right. One of the selling points will be their ability to mend things with the West, because I I know everybody talks about China, China, China. But again, it, you know, Russia is a you know the the most populated part of Russia is a part of Europe. And it's oriented toward Europe, and you know these the the businesses that are there are all, you know, are all hugely reliant on the European continent on the West, and so I think it's an enormous selling point to have someone who has yes, yeah, so made this very. This is a big giveaway, even for a multi-billionaire giving away a couple or three billion dollars. That's a that's a big donation. And so it's to me it screams of of some kind of a statement, and and you're ab- Ash, you could be absolutely right. It could very well mean that he's jockeying for a position in a post-Putin Russia. So I, I think this is something that needs to be needs to be followed up on and and figured out. Well, when we come back, because we have to take a quick break here, I want to talk. Uh, uh, guess who appeared just hours ago? Fauci, and we haven't heard boo from him in a while. This is fascinating stuff. You know, he, we used to see him every day, even a few months ago. Every day we'd hear something from Fauci. Notice that he's gone radio silent. We will explain why when we come back. What's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk 840 KXNT. Sam and Ash Injury Law has been named the official injury attorneys of the Henderson Silver Knights. Sam and Ash Injury Law, they care, they help, you win. 702-820-1234 or salmonashlaw.com because you deserve what's right. Coming to you loud and clear from our beautiful headquarters in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. This is What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT. Talking a little bit about Russia, the Ukraine invasion. Uh, interesting talk about oligarchs. And we always have the best conversations in the breaks. I Ash. know. D- d- what was it that you asked me? This is a great, it's a very interesting observation that you brought up. Well, I do the appearances on sports radio, and they brought up uh, NHL hero Alexander Ovechkin, who plays for the Washington Capitals. He's probably the best Russian hockey player, dead or alive, the country's most famous male athlete, and he's getting a lot of backlash because he's been a friend and supporter of Putin throughout the years, and he's always supported him, and he recently came out and he goes well he's my president i'm not in politics i'm an athlete i can't control it it's difficult on both sides please no more war he didn't you know separate it didn't condemn the actions of putin by invading ukraine he just said i don't like war in a nutshell and he's getting a lot of backlash the nhl is trying to protect its russian players but i pointed out his Instagram avatar, one of the most insignificant things you can have in your day-to-day life is him next to Putin. And he's getting getting a lot of heat for it, but he won't change it. And I said, what do you think? Because I think it tells and it signals to everyone how close his ties really are. But you actually had a better point that it's not necessarily how close their ties are. It's something else. Well, it's all about leverage, and it. And again, I'm informed by my experience as the son of 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 
of parents that escaped a communist country, lived in a communist country, endured Stalinism in a communist country, and uh, and then escaped the country, by the way, after it was invaded by the Russians. So, I mean, this hits a little close to home. And I know that the Russian FSB, which is the successor organization to the KGB, keeps very close track of all prominent Russians that are abroad, that live and work abroad. And there are pressure points, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I, and I, I, don't, I don't know, I can't, I assume that this particular hockey player has family that live in Russia still. And, y- you know, something as simple as changing his uh, profile, main profile picture where he would remove uh, Putin from it could be perceived as very disloyal in this time of crisis. If he knows Putin, he knows that he's backed into a corner and is looking very closely who has his back and who doesn't. And he fears, because he's not a particularly powerful person, he's, at the end of the day, look, compared to these oligarchs that have boats with missiles on them, he's just a hockey player, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's no match for one of the most developed spy agencies in the world. And if people think that I'm, I'm paranoid, listen, China, by the way, you're free to think that, but you're wrong. I'm, I'm absolutely dead certain about this. And I think I shared some... I don't know, some months ago, an experience that I had in, in when I lived in Irvine in California, I, I visited some folks that were Chinese nationals and had a big uh, conglomerate of manufacturing facilities uh, for tools and different you know, hardware things in China. And they lived, the family lived in, in, in Irvine, California, and the, and the family kind of went back and forth. They, uh, they had uh, uh, me over, they had my wife over at dinner one time and there were other Chinese nationals there. And I brought up something which at the time was news called the uh, Chinese social credit system. Meaning what the, the Chinese, you know, I asked for a comment basically on the Chinese regime. And they wouldn't say boo. And I left there, I said, well, they, they, they're such intelligent people. How could they not be informed about this? And it just, and, but then I immediately thought, well, there's other Chinese people around other Chinese nationals around, right? And they, I'm telling you, they all, they all rat each other out because they all have to provide reports and because the, the government in China is very active and keeps track of their people in the U.S. And how do I know this? Because, and I don't want to get into too great specifics, but it was all but confirmed to me later when we, when we ultimately had a private conversation, they are very aware and, and, and knowledgeable on everything going on, but they did not want to talk about it with other Chinese nationals around. And I think this is something that is absolutely incomprehensible to Americans. Because if you haven't lived this, if you haven't experienced a police state like this, I mean, the Chinese have it, the Chinese government has it next level because it's got all the, all, all the IT, the, the, it's uh, artificial AI, artificial intelligence, I mean, they've got it down to a, a science, but the Russians, they, they, they'd have that a little bit of that too, but then they just do it the old school way, Ash. And they've got, they've got spies and they keep track and they've got, they've got files on people and they know that um, they, they do keep track of this. So I, the, my suspicion is that he's, he, he can't, he can't remove it. He doesn't want to get on Putin's bad side because he's got family 
in, in Russia and doesn't want to put them in harm's way. Um, all right, I know we were going to talk about Fauci, but this that was a great point. I'm glad I'm glad you brought it up. So when we come back, Fauci, the amazing disappearing, reappearing, and disappearing again, uh, chief scientific officer of the country. We'll talk about that when we come back. What's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk 840 KXNT. Comfortable and confident is how Sam and Ash injury law clients feel after the very first call. Comfortable knowing they have decades of personal injury experience. Confident there's reputation and trust to resolve cases and to do what's right. Sam and Ash injury law offers platinum legal service to anyone who contacts them. Quality matters. Integrity matters. Who you hire to protect and represent you matters. If you've been hurt in an accident, choose Sam and Ash injury law. 702-820-1234 or Sam and Ash law. Law.com because you deserve what's right. It's a dance party. We need to broadcast this. We need to get a live stream of us dancing here at the studio, Ash. What's right with Sam and Ash here on News Talk 840 KXNT? It's Something like, uh, you know, Jane Fonda exercise video at this point. Um, fabulous. Tomorrow, Ash, we have a, a Friday show. We always talk about food. We're doing a little bit of a different show tomorrow, and that's because we're going to be live and local, not here in beautiful downtown Las Vegas from our Las Vegas office, but we're going to be in Newport Beach at our office there. And we, instead of having John Curtis on, who is our resident food critic here in Las Vegas, we will have a very special guest who, this was a great idea, Ash, for you to ask him to join us. Who's going to be here? Who's going to be on the program tomorrow? Well, he's our good friend. We often reference him, Noah Blom. He is here in Newport Beach. Most people know him as an owner, chef of several restaurants, but now he's on Newport City Council and doing great things for the community but he's also just a great guy loves america food wine all things fun so one of our favorite people yeah he's a he's a really interesting person who i always say basically was one of the most brave people in fighting against the covid bs and he put everything on the line and 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 came out you know, with a political career on top of being a chef. So very, very cool. I, I'm I'm looking forward to tomorrow's show. And he's not just on city council, he's Mayor Pro Tem, which is oh, Mayor, yeah. Pro Tem, Mayor Pro Tem of Newport Beach. So I forgot we'll have I... an illustrious, honorable, honorable guest tomorrow on the program, Noah Blom. Uh, so look for you, you. You absolutely look, even if you live in Vegas and you, you, you think that Newport is snooty. This guy is fascinating. He's a, a really a powerful conservative voice, common sense conservative voice and somebody who I think is the future. If there is going to be a turning point in liberal left wing California, it's going to come from a guy like Noah. He's somebody to watch. Definitely do not want to miss tomorrow's program. All right. Are we finally, speaking of, by the way, of COVID craziness, Fauci disappeared for days. I got kind of excited. I thought, ah, maybe he's, he's don't he's good. Yeah, no, don't. no, maybe they just, they just told oh. him to, they put a bag over him. You know how they have the little Tweety Birds and they put the thing over the, the, the dark, the dark black or blue velvet. They put it over the cage and then the bird goes to sleep. 
they did that to Fauci. They said, here, you hang out in, in your office and don't come out for air. And, and no, 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 no. He came up yesterday, did a little press conference. But I think, I think that the Democrats have realized that every time he speaks, it's bad news for them in their reelection chances in the midterms. Yes, absolutely that. But our friend Robbie, he tweeted a great image last night from the movie Toy Story where the little boy Andy is dropping Woody and Andy, the little boy, has the the label media and Woody, the toy that's being discarded, is COVID. And so the media is throwing away the toy of COVID to talk now about Ukraine, Russia. So that's my whole theory on not all of it, but that's one of the reasons I think we've thought Fauci's disappeared because the media and the coverage of it and everyone's focused on Russia, Ukraine and all of that and whether there's going to be a nuclear war as opposed to COVID and masking and whether or not we actually still are in a pandemic. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I think explaining memes. Look, I, I don't know if obviously the the media wants clicks so you know if it bleeds it leads and they definitely are you know now we've got a war so they're going to cover that but this is you know the media is not making decisions whether whether fauci speaks or not right that's not a decision that that the media makes fauci makes that himself but also uh i'm sure is highly influenced by the direction that is given him by the West Wing. Yeah, but he just and, Fauci just did a press briefing. He, he did, he did, and and it didn't get a lot of coverage because it's you know there's other stuff going on. But what I'm what I'm getting at is that for a while now he has been mostly quiet. Also, we're not hearing as much about doom and gloom. Well, there's not much to say because numbers mm-hmm. are dropping. Interestingly enough, though, there was a vote earlier today in the Senate and every whether to end the covid national emergency. Every single Democrat present for the vote voted against ending the covid national emergency. Of course, the only reason that the that the that the Senate voted in favor of is because enough Democrats were not present, <laughs> including. I, I let me look here. Hold on. Let me see if there was uh, if Harris voted. Nope, nope. Kamala was not there. So it looks like Feinstein from California, Kelly from Arizona, and Padilla from California. <laughs> Both California senators were were MIA. Uh, they didn't vote. And so as a consequence, this thing passed, thankfully passed 48 to 47, Senate Resolution 38. And, and so now it'll go to the House of Representatives where we'll see how it goes there. And so the, kind of the ball is in Nancy Pelosi's uh, court, so to speak. Um, so, so they're still not figuring it out. They want the power. They want to maintain the power, but they don't want it in our faces because they recognize, they're beginning to recognize that this is a tremendous political liability, as they've seen in in a state like Virginia. And I keep coming back to the Virginia election. Uh, there was a governor's race there a couple months ago, and it did not go according to plan. And, and, and the Democrat lost, the Republican won, and it really came down to suburban moms who were sick and tired of all the COVID restrictions in schools and, and vax mandates and all of that. So 
these are issues that I think, uh, again, I, I would, my prediction on this is with or without the UK, Ukraine war, without, you know, any of other, in, in the absence of any other distractions or media trading one thing for another, expect to see a lot less of Fauci because as the midterms get closer, the Democrats will want to run with the narrative that, that the war on, on COVID has been won what i think yeah so. i mean so dr oz is running for senate in pennsylvania have you seen this yes <laughs> he's running as a republican for one of their senate seats and he has challenged fauci to a debate twice apparently which is just silly because when you're running for office you should really be debating the i guess the person who you're running against not necessarily some, just some random person what are your thoughts well, I think it's politically brilliant, and it's and Fauci. Look, Fauci's not some random person. By the way, Republicans ought to run in this midterm election against Fauci. That's it's actually it's brilliant position because I'm telling you that 50 percent plus one in this country at least at least has it up to their gills uh, on Fauci are tired of being moralized, and the guy has been so inconsistent. He's a great mm -hmm. antihero. He's a great antagonist. Because you, number one, there are, back to, back to our original conversation, there are literally weeks and weeks of video footage of this guy frequently contradicting himself, right? And so if you're, and I don't know, who's, do you know who he's running against? You know who, who Oz, uh, Dr. Oz is running against? Oh, what's her I name? Don't. I forget. It's a woman. Kathy a Barnett? Woman. No. Yeah, Kathy Barnett, I think. Well, the, I, I guess the point is we, neither you or I really know who this Kathy Barnett character is. Now, we don't live in Pennsylvania. You have family in Pennsylvania. I don't know if you've heard anything about the, the race from them. But I, 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 when you've got – if you've got a, a – by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just say this. Kathy Barnett is a, is a woman of color, and in this day of age, it can be tricky if you are a – man running against a woman especially a woman of color right if you are too critical okay so oz dr oz making fauci the boogeyman is brilliant it's it's i think it's brilliant i do you think fauci does it does what the debate oh he won't do the debate there's no way he would do the debate i mean he you know and look if he loses his job and it comes to the fact that he has to you know earn earn an income outside his astronomical salary and all the perks that he gets from his government job. I think people know this now yeah. that Fauci is the top paid federal employee. He gets paid significantly more than the president. But if you were to lose that job, maybe he would, you know, for a paid fee, would he show up and do a circus act you, uh, with Dr. Oz? Maybe. Maybe. You said it's a good idea for Republicans to run against Fauci, but do you see any problem with that? Because Fauci was still, he's the guy that Trump was turning to. And so a lot of people will maybe, maybe the Democrats will just say, well, you guys were idolizing Fauci when Trump was president. None of us were idolizing Fauci when Trump was president. None. Fauci was the guy, look, it was one of, I think it's one of Trump's biggest mistakes was to was to 
you know, he Trump started running this variety show, these this presidential briefings, and he brought in Fauci as a as a guest host, and he never should have done that. Fauci was a terrible guest host because Fauci's, if if nothing else, Fauci's very eloquent and he's well spoken and he loves the camera. He loves the camera. Fauci so loves just, Fauci. Fauci's a big fan of Fauci. So uh, where I'm going with all this is, if you recall, it wasn't too far into the briefings that Fauci was rolling his eyes as Trump was speaking. He literally at one point rolled his eyes and and was uh, he, he was look he he no one no person that is a a MAGA hardcore person. Uh, uh, thinks highly of Fauci. It's, I think it's still, I'm telling you, very good move to run against him. All right. Well, let's see what Dr. Oz does in that race. It'll be interesting because, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, he's got big name rep recognition. I don't know if you've heard anything from your friends in Pennsylvania if he has a chance, uh, you know, but celebrities running, and we're a country, we like celebrities, you know, we, we tend to elect them even in kind of more down-to-earth states. Think about Al Franken in Minnesota, right? He was a fairly well-known actor comedian and he ended up winning that race albeit by a hair but he did so we'll see how this how this pans out early polling shows he's got a lead well there, there you go. go still but you know as i always say in politics what is it uh election's going to be in in november so we're talking you know ten, nine months uh nine months is an eternity in politics so we will we will follow this closely Ash, when we come back, I know you're going to want to put me on the spot, Sammy on the spot, fourth segment, every show, every hour that we are on air. We'll do that. But I want to ask you about the Ghislaine Maxwell juror to plead the fifth. There's juror number 50 who was selected and sat on and deliberated on. The Maxwell jury uh, now is pleading the fifth to any questions about some answers that maybe he gave related to his uh worthiness to be on the jury and so now there's a big investigation a lot of brouhaha i just want your quick uh quick take on that so when we come back we'll talk about that what's right with sam and ash news talk 840 kxnt You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Every two o'clock hour, every weekday, we come to you live and local from our beautiful downtown Las Vegas office. A couple of lawyers looking at today's news, stuff going on, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, one thing that caught my eye, Ash, uh, here as as this is, uh, you know, making the rounds, but getting buried a little bit with everything else going on in the world. Ghislaine Maxwell, the female enabler of uh, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, she went on trial, what was it, a month ago, for her, her conviction a month and a half ago, she was convicted. Uh, there, one of the jurors has now uh, thrown everything into chaos because he's given a number of post-conviction interviews. And in it, it's their concern, basically, uh, the defense attorneys for Ghislaine Maxwell was that he was not uh, fit to be on the jury and so now he's being questioned by the federal prosecutors and he's uh, basically 
going to invoke his Fifth Amendment privilege uh, right against self-incrimination. What's going on here? Well, before every trial, jury trial, they're the attorneys question all of these potential jurors to figure out what their biases might be and whether they would be fit to join a member of the jury and be impaneled and be able to render a fair, just verdict. Here, the, the crux of the issue was sexual abuse and sexual harassment, sexual assault. And they questioned all of these jurors regarding their history and experiences with sexual abuse in their lives. And this juror answered his questionnaire, said he had no such prior history or experiences. After the verdicts rendered, he goes on a media tour and starts talking about his role in the deliberations. And he talked about his life and he said he was a victim of sexual abuse as a child. And he took that experience into the jury room and he told all the other jurors about it and helped them understand and, and reach their verdict. And so now that's a problem. He lied during jury selection to get on a case. And then he tainted the rest of the jury with by telling them all this information. And so the judge right now is going to question him under oath and figure out where was the lie. Was the lie to the media outlets to make yourself sound heroic and like this guy that was the mastermind and the puppet master of the jury, or was your lie on the questionnaire? Because if the lie was on the questionnaire, he could be held in criminal contempt of court, could be a mistrial, and Ghislaine Maxwell gets to start it all over again. Yeah, I think the mistrial, the, the reason all this is being pushed, of course, is I, I think her attorneys saw these interviews and were like, whoa, <laughs> hold the phone. We we know we screened all these jurors and we we deliberately didn't want people who were sex abuse victims like that's that would be you know a, a major problem and something that they would have tried to to eliminate because of bias uh, but you can't lie folks you don't lie do not lie when it comes to jury duty when you're getting questioned both in writing or when you're getting orally questioned uh, in, in 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 the courtroom you've got to be absolutely truthful because there's a penalty of perjury issues and just like Ash said so all right so I understand, though, that this guy, interestingly enough, the prosecutors are offering him immunity. Yeah, it's for the criminal contempt charge. If he right, if if he potentially if he's found out to have lied during the voir dire process, he would be subject to criminal contempt charges. And so they want him to get on the stand and let the judge question him freely and have no situation where he might continue to lie to avoid criminal charges. Do you think that because the federal prosecutors are willing to give him immunity and are, are are seeking to give him immunity, that they feel confident that what he will say will solidify the conviction? Does you think it's coming from a place of confidence? I think everybody's looking at this going, is is she gonna like is she gonna walk? I mean the, the, she's not gonna walk. They're gonna retry her. But I mean I think everybody's looking at this going, is this going to throw the verdict down? Well it's to get around him pleading the fifth. Right now, he's refusing to testify. He's invoking his Fifth Amendment privilege to, against self-incrimination. So in order to get him on the stand and start talking to the judge in this capacity, he needs to get around his Fifth Amendment privilege. Easiest way to do that is give him immunity. We won't charge you for any conduct related to uh, your jury participation here. I think she gets a second trial. What do you say? 
I don't know. It depends. He could, if he gets on the stand and answers the questions and says, no, I was lying to all the media outlets just to sound it's not cool. A, it's not a crime to lie to media outlets. No, Why would he need immunity? No, exactly. So and that's what the judge... To, he wouldn't need to plead the fifth if it's just like, oh, yeah, I was just BSing the media companies. Ah, you know, sorry. Then well, but why have... not get immunity if you <laughs> you never know? I mean, if there's a chance to get immunity, get immunity. It's, you're absolutely right. He lawyered up, and I think that if you were to represent him, you would have you would be you would be looking to get that same deal for him. Agreed. Absolutely. Yes. It's okay. you're, that's the same false logic of well, I'm innocent. Why get a lawyer? No, absolutely. All right, we got a minute. You have a Sammy on the spot for me? Well, I do, but this one deserves a whole segment, so I can't. I'm going to hold it again, Sam. Dollar Loan Center opened. They it's did open. Their, they did their ribbon cutting. I am so excited. I'm so excited too. And I think the next event here is just a few days. Yeah, the Big West uh, basketball championships are going to be held there. So it'll be fun. Well, we will be at all the HSK games starting April 2nd. We're going to be there. We look forward to meeting all of you, seeing all of you. Come up and say hi. I usually wear a jersey that says Sam. Ash usually wears a jersey that says ash so there you go if you see a sam and an ash you'll uh know who to look for and then track us down look it's been another great hour happy to be with you what's right with sam and ash news talk 840 kxnt